In part two of my interview with Mark Whaley, we're going to talk about his on-air presence, his online presence, his activity out there in the in sharing information in the world and why it's so important and why when we share information in the building community, more people want to work with us. We're going to talk about my book a little bit and why it's important to tradespeople and craftspeople because they don't have a lot of experience in business. We have a candid talk about what Mark's friends call chasing endurance and burnout because we all burn out. So here we go. So um, the Friday show happened first. Um, so it was. What's it that was one in called? March. That's that's a BS, BS Friday Live Building Science B, Friday yeah, Live. Yeah, BS BS Friday Live. Uh, I think May of last year was our was our first live show, and um, we've done about seventy two. 72 shows we haven't missed a friday yet i do that with with dave cooper who has dave cooper live and um he, he started doing like a monday show and then a wednesday show and then he added a tuesday show and then he added a thursday show and somewhere in adding all those shows the friday one was added with the building science and um it was really because uh, Dave was into to, to getting media out there and and I wanted to, to deliver building science to to more people, but I didn't want to put on a show and Dave wanted to put on more shows. So it was perfect. I found the guests. I did the pre-interviews. And when we show up, he doesn't necessarily know the topic or or the person. In some cases, he might. But this way he goes into it a little bit blind and I go into it a little bit technical so we can ride that ebb and flow mm. of a topic and we don't go too geeky. Right. Cause sometimes you lose people, right. When you go geeky and then Dave says, Hey Mark, stop saying those acronyms and tell us what's actually happening. Right. And we dial it back and we're entertaining. At least we think we are. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, it's been good. Um, it lasts for about an hour. Sometimes it lasts an hour and a half. Um, but it's a, it's a fun way to interact. Um, like you've experienced, right. It's, it's, uh, it's bringing people we know to the forefront. Um, we're not, we're not, we're not paid off to bring people in. Right. It's people that have, have, have the juice that they, that we want to be a part of. It's all about sharing something they know. It's some, something that they've done, you know, whether it's a product, whether it's a project, or whether it's just them and how awesome they are. Yeah. That's that, that sharing of information has been amazing uh, since I've been doing the podcast myself too. I, I didn't know going in that I was going to find so many people that really wanted to help and share information with other builders especially about how we run our businesses because 
it's all more super secretive about stuff. And, and with building techniques, people are very secretive about how they do stuff. And now it doesn't matter. I think it's great to just tell people everything because if you want to do it, do it. Like I've got my standards. So it's such a, it's such a true statement. You have your standards, but you're sharing those standards, right? You mentioned share so well, and, and you're allowing other people to share it. And then you said, people keep it to themselves. So if someone's keeping it to themselves, who's going to hear about them? How are they going to get known? Mm -hmm. Right? So on the other hand, people that come on your show and they're sharing what they do. Now, all of a sudden they're going to probably land a client from that network because would you want to be around someone that's sharing and trying to make, when you bring someone on to share, those people are the folks that I would want to align myself with because this is how we learn as contractors. We talk about our mistakes. We talk about what works and the people that share, they, they become a megaphone and they invite other people to share. The people that are closed off and think they have it all figured out, you have it all figured out based on today. But tomorrow you're going to need someone by your side. And that's what this is about. The community moves forward together. And I think in construction, AEC, right? Architect, architecture and engineering, construction and supply, the people that share will be welcome to more opportunities. And the people that don't share will find themselves uh, unfortunately alienated um, because it doesn't work that way. We are, a, we are a community. That's why we get into this industry. We want to solve problems. And we want to create something awesome. And that's how we learn, by sharing. Yeah, it's very true. The times have changed for the people who don't want to share because they're stuck in a word, word of mouth world. And meanwhile, someone can take a look. They can trace our steps online. They can see what we're involved in. And when they see that we're talking with other credible builders and architects and engineers and building science people, it makes a huge difference in, in your reputation and credibility and credibility is so important. So the other thing you said though, was business, right? And I think many, many folks in the trades um, and not just in the trades, right? Also engineers and architects. Um, so we tend to know our craft and we tend to be the embodiment of that craft, but that doesn't mean we have any idea how to run a business. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we might not have, have a single clue. We might've had to get it incorporated so that we could get a license so that we could get a permit. And, and that might simply be an insurance check. Like in Chicago, you want to be a general contractor put up your $5,000 for insurance and here's your license, right? There's no test. Here you go. You're a general contractor, you know, live long and prosper. Unbelievable. And in other markets, yeah, there's a test. There's credit, there's credibility. So it's different everywhere, but none of that still is how to run a business. And it's, uh, it, 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 it's tough. Some of the best trades people have terrible businesses and some of the best business people have terrible traits. It's a, 
it, it it's it's some there's a there's a structure and an outline that's never I don't think ever been showcased. There are some people that are really good at mentoring people for a trade, but I don't think there's people mentoring on how to run a business or how, let's say, Mike, how not to run a business, right? Like it's a template and uh, you might have QuickBooks. Okay. Well, that's a tool. Doesn't mean you're running a business. Yeah. And the, you know, I'm trying to provide kind of a template with the book and I'm not, when I wrote it saying that you should do every single thing I do, unless you don't know any of it, then just, just parrot what I'm doing, but it gives you ideas. It gives you some structure. It gives you some places to begin because if you read it, you can, you'll start thinking more about those parts of your business. You'll start thinking, oh, I, oh, this idea came into my head and now, or I read his book and now I've got some other ideas on how I want to do things. And, and there's a whole bunch of people involved in the book now because I've had the podcast. Right. So, so I'm incorporating a lot of, a lot of their ideas. So it's not just me. Because I am just one guy who figured it out through failing constantly, like falling down and getting up and falling down and getting up. Cause I didn't know anything. I was just a carpenter. Like I'm, I really, I'm all, I was just a carpenter and I built some of my own places, super simple places and done everything in them, but business, nothing, no idea how to do it. So, so it, eventually it, it's a, uh... Like how many chapters, how many chapters do you have at this point? In the book, the book is 12 yeah. chapters. The book 12 is 12 chapters. chapters. And it, um, it, it like my, my guess is there'll be more volumes after this. Uh, Cause one, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a success. I don't know of a book that's out there that that that's that's doing that's doing this. That's called, that that is a solution. So there, some some publishing company might have written a book, but um, you're a contractor that has written the book. So will contractors read a book by a publisher? that's just crafted to, to, to meet a, a spot on a shelf or will contractors read a, a, a book by a contractor? I think we both know that answer, right? They, we, we want someone cut from our cloth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the people that have I've spoken to, including yourself are going to all, you know, be part of this whole big picture. You know, because I learned I learned so much from other people, uh, and then also there was tons of affirmation, and and then you know reaching conclusions completely independently of each other has also been a really interesting one to me, because we all did it through like trial and error, 
instead of being able to read something that said, this is what you do, or this is what happened to me, you know? So, um, yeah, I'll be thrilled. I'll be thrilled to have some contractors read it. And I also know that a lot of people don't really have time to read. I do want to have this in paperback someday so it can be in the console of your truck because each chapter is set up. So you can just open it and be like, this one's about before I meet the client. This chapter is about working with the clients. This chapter is about, about writing contracts, you know, stuff like that. This, this chapter is about employees. Um, but it'll also, there'll also be a, 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 there'll be an e-version and a, I'll get it on audible one day. Yeah. I'll, I, I, I kind of think that, uh, I mean, your voice is really clear, right? Like it, uh, an audio book, uh, seems, seems like a natural, uh, fit, right. Uh, especially with this podcast and everything like, absolutely, man. And if nothing else, they'll just they'll just fall asleep really easy when it comes comes on. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll probably fall asleep if they're an active contractor. They're going to fall asleep just because they're sitting still, right? right. That's what happens to contract. No Sit down on the couch, <laughs> wake up three hours later. Yeah. What one of our clients one time uh, they had given us uh, really awesome tickets to to a performance. So, you know, you had to rush home, you had to shower, you had to find something clean, and then you had to go down to the fancy place. And I was like third row, center stage, and the production was called Stomp. So it's these people on stage mm -hmm. with their feet making all this loud noise. Mike, in four minutes, I was sound asleep, right? My, 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 my wife at the time was next to me, and and her family and they're all sitting there and I'm sound asleep and none of them could figure it out. And I'm like, I'm sitting still. It's relatively dark and there's a repetitious noise going on. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. That's, right? Yeah. Contractors just burn themselves. Um, which I, I think, I think burnout is, is also not just because the work we do, but also because the business is a chase. It's a, it's a, I call it uh and I didn't create this term. My friend created it called chasing endurance, right? Mm. You're, you're never going to get there, but you're chasing it. And um, it's uh it's the real deal. It's part of our, it's part of our industry. It's part of our makeup though. Right. We're uh, we tend to, we tend to get up and go and we tend to problem solve quickly. <laughs> yeah. And that burnout issue is huge and, and it comes and goes. I mean, I've been there, you know, you just got to shift and pivot and change some things. It is a really yep. interesting, it is a really interesting phenomenon. There's a lot of ups and downs emotionally because we're so driven. So I was reading on, I was reading online the other day, someone on Instagram or something was talking about being really burned out and, and trying to find some inspiration, you know, but keeping their head up and, and, and I just totally related to that sentiment because we work so hard and we're so hard on ourselves, we're our own worst critics. We're, and, and so it's easy to think about a few negative things and get caught up in it. 
So like oh, that man. one of my one of my practices, uh, especially when I was incredibly busy, I'm not as busy as I used to be. It's by choice, but was on Fridays, I review what was positive to make sure that because because generally everything's going fine. It's just those few things can really eat you up. You know, and you got to remember, you got to remember all the po super positive things going on and successes. I, 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 I got my start working in a workshop, but um, my next start was rough framing. And for me, the, the connection from rough framing and finish is 100% next to each other. They're in line. So when, I, when I'm framing out the, the dining room, I'm already thinking of where my casing and where my crown molding is going so that everything is balanced. And then uh, when you finish the, you, the burnout thing, this has been at the tip of my head since you said it. So whether you're doing the tile work, whether you're doing the flooring, or you're doing the staircase or you're or doing the kitchen cabinet or you're doing a, you know, a restaurant, whatever capacity you finish it at, that burnout phase is also it, it one you poured yourself into, hopefully you poured yourself into that project. But then when you, for me, the burnout was when I had to walk away from the project. So I gave the keys to the next person. I find that burnout happens there. And I know, I know the rule you put in your head is, you know, you're only as good as your next job. And I, I, that's been programmed to me as a kid, but to leave that space that you poured your heart and soul, your sweat and tears into, and everyone around you, you, you know, you part, you, you argued through all the complexities. I think, I think there's some burnout because of separation, separation yeah, a, from a project. It's almost like grieving, huh? It's a what? I mean, almost like grieving in a sense. Oh, uh, like, and, and at the time, you don't know what's occurring, but like, I found myself like to paint the picture. I found myself like in, in a space of the building, almost like, you know, sitting there, of course you're exhausted and leaning against the wall or leaning against something and just staring and looking at it. And like, you don't want to walk away from that moment because you're never probably ever going to be back in that space again. And that space will never look that it'll never look that good again. Right. It's going to be changed by stuff that people put in it. But the beauty of the space was what was created and you're walking away from that. And it's, it's only yours while you do the work, when you're done with the work, it's not yours. You're handing it off. And that's it. It's, it's, it's heavy. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's therapists out there that understand that we're passing off something we made and we don't get to interact with it again. Right. It's gone. Yeah. It's, it's, this is going to be really important for people to hear. Cause you know, I, I, I haven't been able to really put my finger on how to describe that since it, what you're talking about. Cause I can, I can completely relate on that separation when you walk away from a project after pouring everything into it, you've been running the crew subs, 
you got paid, everyone's happy. And then you move on to the next thing. And yep, it's, it's definitely, there's an emotion attached to that. And, uh, yeah, I, most of my work I self-performed, right? So our crew was our crew, but you know, the, the steady subs that you have in, like you finish that project and, you know, you've got all the other ones going on, but then you just get to the other one and, and no one talks about the past. Now you're like right in there fighting another, you know, where's that train being placed and hurry up because our forum work is going to be in. It's like, you're just jumping ahead and, and trying to manage expectations, try, trying to manage what's new. And I, uh, I built a restaurant one time and thankfully it was in a giant, gigantic mall complex. And thankfully the, the area next to ours, um, it was vacant. And so they let us, you know, store all our materials in there. And so when restaurants are open, right, they have that soft opening where friends and family are all there and the, and the staff and the, and the restaurant owners and the suppliers and, and everyone work together to, to see how this thing is going to buzz and thank everyone. And so I had a table, we were each given a, a table. And of course I invited some of the crew and, and my friends and family. And so they're all sitting there and, you know, they're having their wine and their cheese and enjoying it. And I'm looking around this place and now I don't recognize the place, Mike, because there's artwork, there's people, there's food, there's smells, right? All this energy is going on around me. And I got to be in that space before the crew showed up, after the crew left, right? Wiping down the handrails, doing all those things. So I found myself in that back area where all the dust was settled and everyone else enjoyed the night. And I sat there with my back against the wall. I wasn't enjoying the night because I was leaving. I was leaving what I created. It was terrible. I don't, I've never talked about this before ever, Hmm. ever, ever. And I got like the hair on my arm is standing up right now because you could show me pictures for days of that project. I don't care. I I remember that moment. It was terrible. It lasted, lasted for months. Actually it's beautiful creation. Huh? And how did you overcome that or did it just go away or just, or just, I cram it, or just cram it down inside? Put it I, I wouldn't say, I, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just feeling it now. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I overcame it. Um, I would say I, I was just busy. Um, one, one of the things that happened on that one is, is the case goods company, the, the mill company, they were supposed to build this big elaborate bar facade and you know they had the shop drawings and they had the the down payment forever and they weren't coming and so i just started making it it in in nights and weekends and mornings outside of my shift and i made the whole thing and uh and installed it all and uh that way they can meet their delivery date and um i don't think i don't think you overcome that stuff i think i think you know, I know the restaurant's still there. I've never been inside, right? I, I, uh, it's not, it's not mine, right? It doesn't have that, that smell of, 
clear coats and thin mm. sets and mm. the guy welding in the corner, right? That right. all those it doesn't have that that orchestrated f- smell and flow. It just has a finished space and it, it's a it's a long lost friend that you don't get to see. Interesting. Interesting perspective on that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was it. I didn't think we were going here, but uh, I well, had some memory. <laughs> yeah, and, and and hey, man, I mean, burnout is one of the. I think it's one of the biggest issues, and we don't really talk about it because no one wants to admit they're burned out because it makes you mm-hmm. look bad. And who wants to work with a burned out contractor when really a lot? I mean, most contractors that have been in a long time are pretty burned out, and you have to find what you love about it to keep going. Cause it is super emotionally involved to, to create. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's an extension of yourself. The creating extension is there, right? You, you get what you give and, you know, hopefully tomorrow you, you don't lose your tape measure and your pencil as often. Right. But. <laughs> right. Oh, it, oh, you do it, that it, too. It, it, I, I have, I have a habit, right. And, you know, in carpentry, I think this is just what's so, so what I, what I do today is when I walk onto a, 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 most of the projects take, you know, uh, my pen went flying. Most of the projects take for me, you know, eight to 14 months. And when I walk on a project, I show up with, 12 tape measures and 12 pencils and 12 speed squares. And I know they're not going to last the whole project, but this way, whether it's in the, uh, on the top floor or the basement or the front room or on the ladder or on the cut table, it's all there. And they're all the same, right? I check all the tape measures and speed squares that they're the same because that happens right? Mm -hmm. They're not actually the same. Hilarious. Um, But because I know I'm up there looking at that, I check that. And then I go down the ladder and I go right to the saw. Where's my tape measure and pencil? It's not on my belt. It's not my ear. Oh, it's up on the ladder, but I got the other one on the thing. So I built those, those into the patterns because my pattern is losing tape measure, speed squares and pencils. I like it, but do do all of your tape measures stay where you where you left them? Are you have you trained so, yourself? Because um, I, if I did that, I mean, I definitely have a couple tapes on every site, but yep, I think there'd be five in one place. The 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 and, the tape measure that and then stays seven in gone the missing. Truck, yeah, yeah. Well, of course they go missing, but uh, the tape measures that that go in the truck. Once I go measure a project and come back, that one stays in the truck. The truck tape measure stays there, right? The desk tape measure stays there. The job tape measures, they travel around the room and guys, guys use them, right? They're just marked with the company name, not my name. And, uh, but, but yeah, because you have so many different people that you're working with, I, 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 I've, 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 always found it nuts if i call out a measurement to my guy cutting if i get it back and it's not the right size 
and he cut it wrong, that's fixable. But if if it's wrong because the, our tape measures are different, that has to be fixed because you can train people to cut, but you, you can't train people to overcome a, a tape measure that reads a different number. Yeah. And I, I don't think the world outside of construction realizes that squares aren't square sometimes, right? Spin squares aren't the same sometimes. The angles, put five of them in the row from the same company, suckers aren't the same. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, these are issues that I've uh, seen on sites because people are using different brands too. And then... Well, well, but not just different <clears throat> brands, the same brand. Yeah. The same brand. It's, it, it, it's amazing. So when I bring those to it, it's a, uh, yep, that's my fix. And, and yeah, I still, I still lose them, but it's a habit, right? You're, you're creating, like you said, and, and you're gonna, if there's a, Hey, if there's a carpenter out there that always has his tape on his belt and his pencil in his ear or, or her ear, when they go back and forth, then you're better, you're better than I am and more power to you, but I'm going to lose it. And I know I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've, you know, in this show here, we've gone from one of the least common denominators, which is becoming more common. And that's the, you know, passive house building. And, and now we're kind of ending here with the most common denominator, which is always losing stuff. Like, where's my <laughs> tape? If I could get all that time back, could you imagine if someone came down and said, Hey, you get all this time back that you spent looking for your tape for the last 20 years. How much time would that be? Or your pencil? Uh, <clears throat> it, it, it's amazing. Some people save their old. I've got this. This is hammer. a pile of sharpened yes. pencils. Yes. I got. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just so, surface. Do, do you do, do you do like tile work and do you do your own trim work as well? I do the trim. Uh, I don't, I sub out my tile now, Got just, it. um, but I, I do mostly the wood. I do most of the wood in any project. And so, I had, I had a crew for a long time and they did it all. And I was just became glorified expediter during that time. Okay. But I saw some of your pencils there, uh, for, for rough framing. Uh, do you use a carpenter pencil? Yes. Okay. And for finish as well? No, for finish, I usually use a, a mechanical pencil. Got it. I, uh, I, I learned from my plumber um, because I couldn't find my pencil, right? And, and he was working on the pipes. And I was, I think I was doing crown molding in another room while he was getting ready. He was, he was banging out the bathroom rough so we could get in there. And of course, I couldn't find my pencil. And, uh, you know, plumbers maybe have one pencil in their bag. They hardly use it, right? They, they can look and they can eyeball it. Yes. But he had a number three pencil, right? So we, I think like in grade school and stuff, we had like a number two pencil. Mm -hmm. And then the number three is just, it's just a little thicker. It's almost like a crayon or a Sharpie. It's a little more round. And I was like, this is incredible for finished carpentry because you know, I can't hold the small pencil. I, I don't know whose fingers can hold that, but that number three I can hold. And I just loved how I can roll it 
when I made my line and uh, mm. I just liked it so much better than the carpentry pencil. So I use a carpentry pencil for a ton, uh, but, but for my finished trim and, and my case good pieces, it's always the number three. Do you sharpen your carpenter pencil with a sharpener or a, or a blade? Uh, I, I, I use the, I use the knife. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm not a smoker, but the people that smoke and take a few minutes to pack their cigarettes and have that moment to have their cigarette is like a carpenter having that moment to sharpen his carpentry pencil. He's not really sharpening his pencil. He's taking a moment to think about the next thing he or she's doing. Um, I, I think it's cool, the, the automated ones that they have. I, I've only seen them by like, I think Irwin and Bosch makes that little thing for it. But I've, I've always just used my knife. <clears throat> Do you have a preference? Uh, well, if I'm rough framing, it's definitely with a knife cause you're moving faster and I don't really do a lot of rough framing anymore. I mean, I haven't okay. uh, hardly at all because, because there's guys that are faster and better than me. Sure. And, and my crew was awesome when, when I had them. Um, but I, I have one of those sharpeners that I've had since they came out, you know, they gave yeah. it to me at the local, the local hardware store, like 19 years ago. And I still have it. And I, I sharpen with it once in a while when I can find it. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, now it's with all my finish tools. You know, I've got that stuff set. So I just grab a couple boxes. So I'm, I'm ready to roll with finish work yep. when the time comes, but. I love that. So. It's a, it's a tool, right? Uh, when I was, when I was learning how to cut, um, I, I don't know who told it to me, but they, they, they said, treat your tool like a pencil. And of course, I had no idea what the heck they said. And uh, and they said, you have to tell it what you want it to do, right? And just like when you bring your pencil to your pad of paper or to the, the back of that carton across the room, right? And you're drawing on it, your tool, you're telling it what to do, just like a pencil. Um, the, 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 the amount of creativity that goes into problem solving um, for all of our trades is, is immense, right? We're pulling it up. We're literally pulling it out of thin air. Absolutely. Hey, um, Mark, I have to, I have to go see my CPA. Awesome. It's part of business. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a delayed start and uh, this has been awesome talking with you um unfortunately i gotta grab some paperwork and hit the road because this is an important meeting um so can you before we go uh tell everybody how they can learn more about you and where they can find you and because you got so many different things going on and your outreach about building science is awesome I appreciate that, Mike. And thanks for today. I, I hope to catch up with you more often. And I can't wait to dive into your book, by the way. Um, so um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm incredibly uh, active. I, I, I don't 
I don't know why that works so well for me, but I post a ton on LinkedIn, whether it's my stuff or someone else's. I'm always sharing what's out there, uh, usually a few times every day. Uh, when I'm not on there, actually mm. people call and text me and they're like, are you okay? Um, and then I've gotten, I've gotten into Instagram. So on LinkedIn, it's, I use Mark build small casitas, Willie, because I'm, I'm trying to be of the mindset of building smaller. Um, so I, I, I try and put that to my identity, um, on Instagram, I went with my first love and that's wood. And so it's Willie woodwork on Instagram. And then uh, every Tuesday I do construction tech on Passfaust Accelerator. Every Friday I do BS Friday Live and our wall assembly show uh, launches next week, Mike. So um, small market, I love sharing and I love the opportunity to, to talk with you and, and uh, appreciate it very much. Much respect. Thanks so much for being here, Mark. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome talking to you. And <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that wall assembly show because yeah, super important building science. All right. This has been Mark Willie, everybody. Hey, everybody. I don't think I need to tell you how important it is that you either subscribe or leave a review or both for the podcast. You can subscribe on any platform you listen on. You can leave a review on iTunes, your podcast app, or on my new website where anybody can leave a review. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on the Hammer app. And if you're willing to give a contribution for the content, you can go to my Patreon account, Patreon backslash Mike Kenoki, my name, and leave a donation there. You can also find a link in my link tree. That's all I got. Later. Later.